A Divine Comedy, a Good Omens Multivoice Podfic, written by Way Warder and read by Sky Asimaru and Jap. Chapter 10 Tragedy plus Time equals Summary, in which Aziraphale takes the stage on the first night of the End of the World Comedy Festival. Nineteen ninety-seven, a Wednesday morning. Not that it especially matters. Aziraphale gasped at the news, clapping his hands to his mouth in delight and surprise, all while his stomach churned miserably. Ray had worked so hard for this position, had put in so much of his time and effort and self, and it was wonderful news. It really was. Only it meant, well, Aziraphale assumed it meant... Come with me. Ray tucked Aziraphale into his lap and kissed insistently at his throat. Aziraphale thought it a rather unfair move, all things considered, as it was very difficult to be particularly thoughtful and practical when hot, lingering kisses were being pressed to his neck. But what about... gasped Aziraphale, struggling to remember anything that wasn't the feel of Ray's lips on her skin. What about my offer from the RSC, darling? Ray pulled away immediately, his hands still tight on Aziraphale's waist. <laughs> this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me, baby, Ray said, Green eyes sparkling with want. Well, and for me as well? Aziraphale offered, a little more meekly. Ray laughed at that, not unkindly. <laughs> Aziraphale, with as much money as I'll be making, you can start your own Shakespeare company. I'll be your handsome, mysterious benefactor. It was sort of a sweet thing to say, but... I don't want to start my own Shakespeare company. Aziraphale wanted to say out loud, but those furious lips were on his skin again. I want to belong to the RSC. Besides... Ray went on in between kisses. I'd never get to see you. Me working long hours at the firm and you on stage every weekend? Maybe it's time to get a proper job for you as well. It was Aziraphale who tucked away this time. He straightened his bow tie and looked down at his lap, unable to meet Ray's eyes just then. Uh, acting is a proper job. Ray grabbed Aziraphale's hands. Of course, baby. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant that if we're working different hours all the time, how will I ever get to see you? I miss you. You know that. Aziraphale didn't know that. But, oh, he wanted it to be the truth. My bounty is as boundless as the sea. My love as deep. What will I do? Aziraphale asked, 
every bit the actor desperate for some direction. You're clever. Ray stroked Aziraphale's curls. Maybe you could be a teacher. I like that. What do you like about it? <laughs> Means I don't have to worry about crazed fans at the stage door trying to steal you away from me. Aziraphale's laugh turned into a moan as Ray graced his teeth over Aziraphale's shoulder. He knew it was ridiculous, the height of nonsense. The idea of someone seeing him on stage and being so bewitched by him. Ray was the only one who loved him, he knew that. And Ray was handsome and successful and touched Aziraphale like he was something desirable and he made Aziraphale feel a little bit like a prince in a storybook and he thought this might be the story of him. Ray wasn't a monster, not really. Some stories just have sad endings. Once Ray fell asleep, Aziraphale called up his agent and delivered him the awful, wonderful news. He was choosing love. He would always choose love. Present day, Friday night, the first night of the end of the world comedy festival. Aziraphale stood on stage, feeling rather... Oh, what was it? It was so utterly unfamiliar and lovely. Powerful. Nervous, fluttery Aziraphale fell, thought of Anthony J. Crowley's hands on his own, and he felt as though he could take on the entire world, whether it was ending or not. He thought of the strange man who liked him exactly as he was. He thought always of making Crowley proud. He was intoxicated on the pride of Anthony J. Crowley. He practically swaggered up to the microphone with it. Sure, of course, Michael had expressed her disapproval bordering on horror as soon as they'd left the breakfast restaurant, but... For once, Aziraphale hardly cared what this put-together, obviously successful human being thought of him. He thought perhaps it was a little bit to do with how nervous poor Crowley had been the night before. Crowley, who had done so much for him. Crowley, who had made him so brave. What was the point of that bravery now if he couldn't protect the person he loved? So he nodded politely as Michael made her concerns known and he promised to take it under advisement. But really, he just thought of getting through his set that night so he could get back to the hotel and kiss Crowley senseless. It was really remarkable, this bravery business. It was even more remarkable, beginning to fashion the sort of life you thought you could never have. Good evening, everyone. Aziraphale pleasantly greeted the crowd. He felt something like suspicion radiating off of them. 
Who was this strange old man who dared take the stage at their cool, hip comedy festival? How had he and his bow tie warmed their way onto the bill in the first place? Who did he think he was? Zeofield's eyes flicked over the tops of all their heads to a familiar shock of red hair hanging around the back of the tent. Despise me, then. You wouldn't be the first. This isn't for you. And a thought more surprising as he looked out at Crowley's head again. This isn't even really for you, my darling. Not all of it, anyway. Aziraphale smiled and pulled the microphone free. Fret not, my dears. I see your confusion. This is indeed still a comedy show and not a guest lecture. Some first grateful murmurs of laughter. I do still hope you've all done the required reading, though. Ha! Aziraphale heard Crowley's barking cackle above the rest of the laughter in the tent, and his heart was ablaze. Aziraphale launched into his new material from the showcase, thrilled as he went along to discover the potential behind new pauses, new inflections, new emphasis. He felt a bit like a conductor, drawing the crowd along with him on the ups and downs of the jokes, quieting them when he wanted them, and encouraging them to raucous applause when he wanted it. When he wanted it. Yes, I am a gay man, Aziraphi recited, knowing now to hold for applause. Thank you, my dears. That does make up a little for the validation my mother never gave me. A mixture of giggles and awes. Aziraphale drank it all in, remembering something Anathema had said to him when they first met. <laughs> if I can make someone laugh with all of my bullshit, then maybe it was all worth it after all. Aziraphale thought about his own bullshit. It usually all made him want to curl into a tight ball and cry into a good, moist sponge cake. Just now, it all felt rather hysterical. It can be lonely sometimes, being an older, single gay man. Jane Austen only wrote six novels, after all. So really, what else am I supposed to do with my time? As they laughed, Aziraphale suddenly wanted to tell them anything. Everything. They were laughing with him, finally. They liked his words. They liked his jokes. They liked him. They liked him. He wanted them to keep liking him. I did have a boyfriend once upon a time. Breathe. A seraphim. He was terribly handsome, and I was very young and silly. Did you know I was once a Shakespearean actor? Aziraphale prompted the crowd for a response and tottered when they shook their heads or offered him a drunken no. 
Oh, my dears, dressed like this, what else did you think I was qualified to do? The first time you put a waistcoat on, someone hands you a copy of Pericles. Those are just the rules, I'm afraid. Aziwafi let the laughter die down before continuing. I loved this handsome boyfriend so much that I let him convince me to stop being a Shakespearean actor. And this, oh, this was even stronger than the laughter. A sort of hush descended upon the crowd at the revelation. They had entered into a sacred contract now, the comic and the audience. He would trust them to bear his sad stories as well, and they would trust him to get them out of this unscathed. As God, as his witness, Aziraphil would allow none of them to leave the stand feeling sorry for him. This isn't really a joke, but I think it's worth saying anyway. No one who wants you to give up what makes you happy loves you the way you deserve. Do you understand, my dears? There was nodding and applauding and cheering, and Aziraphil appreciated it all very much. Maybe all his bullshit had been worth it after all. I think I might have another chance, though. Aziraphil sat down cross-legged on the stage, addressing the audience now as though they were at a slumber party together. Ooh, now from the crowd. Aziraphil blushed despite himself. Do you want to know about him? The audience hollered impossibly. Aziraphil couldn't help himself. He laughed at their reaction. <laughs> well, I'm afraid you'll have to come to my set tomorrow night to find out. He apologized, sincerely sorry his set was coming to a close. That's my time for tonight. I've been a Xerophel Fell. Thank you, and good evening. He hopped back to his feet, feeling younger and lighter than he had in years. He strolled off the stage to immense applause. Keep it going for Aziraphale Fell! He heard the host call out behind him. Yes, he thought with an unfamiliar confidence. Do keep it going for Aziraphale Fell! He was pulled from his reverie by a bit of a fuss backstage. Sir! This area's for performers only. You need a badge to get through. Well, that's a bit vague, isn't it? Will any badge do? Cause I can go rustle up a badge. Crowley! Aziraphale waved at his cantankerous companion, who was currently staring up at a solemn security guard. He's with me. Aziraphale tried out on the serious guard. Of course, Mr. Fell. And he stepped aside to let Crowley through. Oh, oh, that felt nice. Crowley let out an impressed whistle. Well, hello to you, Mr. Fell. 
Crowley was grinning a grin that was almost too big for her lean face. After all his bluster on stage, Aziraphale felt suddenly nervous again. Suddenly wondered if he'd said too much, if he'd been too much. It was unplanned material, after all, talking about Ray, alluding to Crowley. Perhaps he should have asked permission first? What were the rules about talking about people on stage? Crowley stepped forward and pulled Aziraphale fiercely against him. You were fucking brilliant, he growled into his ear. Aziraphale hugged him back as tightly as he could. Do you have ex-boyfriend's address, by the way? I'm sending Anathema off to put a hex on him. Aziraphale laughed and hugged him tighter. <laughs> Can we go back to the hotel now, please? Aziraphale whispered, clinging to the remnants of his own boldness. Crowley pulled away, surprise on his face. Uh, don't you want to go out and celebrate, Angel? I've looked up all the best dessert places nearby. I've got quite a list, actually. <laughs> and I want to patronize each and every one of them. Aziraphale promised, trailing off, nerves catching up to him. But... For the first time in a long time, Aziraphale Fair dared to want exactly what he wanted. But tonight, I just want to be with you. Crowley threaded his fingers through Aziraphale's and tucked him gently in the direction of the exit. Then that's what you'll get, Angel. Whatever you want. Aziraphale believed him, he realized with near-frightening certainty. Crowley would give him whatever he wanted. Aziraphale vowed to someone he would do his best to never abuse such devotion. Aziraphale ignored the ring of his mobile in his pocket as they strolled hand in hand back to the hotel. Whoever it was could wait until tomorrow. He was choosing Crowley tonight. He was choosing himself. To be continued in Chapter 11.